Hello and welcome back to the Two Cams and Sam's Rugby Podcast and today all three of us are here and we're going to be discussing our predictions for this weekend's matches starting with Scotland in more detail and then moving on to Ireland, France and England, Italy. So Cam and Sam, do you want to say hi? Good afternoon. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. And let's just jump straight into the Scotland-Wales game. Um, We've got one change which is Xander back in for now. Uh, not for Nell, for Bergen, and Nell drops to the bench. So it's a pretty comfortable team, that. Um, and Wales made a lot of changes. What do you think about the new Welsh back row? I think it's scary. That is, it should be very, very good. I yeah. thought Morgan was the only player last week for them who I thought really stood up and looked really good. Um, I, I, I don't know, how many times has he played eight before? I've only ever really seen him as a six or a seven. Yeah, I'm not sure about him at eight. I thought he was brilliant last week, but I think he's going to be too small. I think he's going to be fine. Personally. I'm a huge fan of Jack Morgan's. Uh, he's a strong ball carrier, uh, and I think that's like I think you think if it's not going right, you've got like Falatau to bring off the bench, so it's not exactly the worst uh, thing if he does play bad. But like you want to try and fit in Chinza somehow, and I'm actually like even though. Uh, we're playing against him. Like, I am happy he's getting the opportunity because I'm a fan of Shinza. I'm quite excited. To, well, I'm interested to see how Shinza goes. I think, I don't know, for Exeter, I know against Quinns, he had an absolute stormer, um, a very frustrating game, um, including him scoring a corner. But I must, I've had, he's had a few moments where I've not been fully convinced by him. He's definitely he is capable of having a really, really good game, but I'm not 100% convinced that he is already a test level flanker can he play eight because he's quite big i i've never seen him at eight i think he's more like a second row than an eight in terms of like he's really tall but he's not like a massive right. ball carrier yeah because i was just thinking they could move them around during the game which would be quite interesting yeah and obviously they've um kept the same back line as last week which obviously it provided absolutely nothing against Ireland, apart from that one Liam Williams try, which didn't really mean much. But I reckon if we keep a like a strong defence, then we could be pretty impenetrable. But I just hope nothing stupid has like happened during the week where like we've lost focus and like we could, we in, during the game we just end up allowing Wales to have the opportunities that they just shouldn't be able to have, like they have in previous yeah, years. I think they're going to use Hawkins, you know, loads on the crash ball. Yeah. And we just need to have our midfield be very aware of that, that he's going to be, you know, he's going to look like a dummy option, but he's actually going to get the ball a lot. And we need to just make sure we're absolutely solid as a rock. Don't let them, with their, like, uncreative 10 and kind of less skilled backline than ours, get any sort of opportunities. Because if we let them get on top of us, the pressure comes on massively and we need to shut them out. Definitely. I think the battle for 12s is going to be the key. Um, I think Tupelotu and Hawkins are both very skillful players, both good ball carriers, both good with their feet. And so I think they're both players that are capable of doing something really, really special. Um, I think I'd like Tupelotu to come out on top against a very young Joe Hawkins, but it will be a very interesting matchup. Yeah. yeah. It's also a huge test for um, Hugh Jones. Obviously, he's had history against George North, where like 
he's sort of like defended really poorly against him. And uh, obviously, he's back in the Scotland jersey. He's got his try against England, and he had a 100% tackle success rate. But obviously, George North, even though he's not that good anymore, he's still a very strong ball carrier, and he still has a clean pair of heels on him. So it'll be interesting to see how Hugh Jones deals with George North. But I, I do back Jones to sort of like deal with him in a good way. Yeah, Jones has never really had a good game against Wales. Um, in 2018, he played at 12 with Harris on debut and you know it was 34-7 and we scored in the last mm -hmm. minute or so and then later on that year he got run through twice and they scored two tries and I'm not sure he's played against them since so he's got like personal you know he needs to up his game for Wales and properly show that he can mix it so I think Hugh Jones is the best he's ever been um like 2018 he was a very special player there were like these ridiculous moments like his solo try against England but I feel now he's such a complete player defensively he still has got a huge amount like he's still a very threatening player he's a really good ball carrier he's a good defender and he's good at distributing he is now like by far the best he's ever been I think that season at Quinns we'll take the credit for it uh, did him did him quite a lot. Like, he improved massively over that year. Yeah, he his um his dropping from the Scotland squad and then moved to Quinns and kind of being played in fifteen and thirteen and twelve over the last couple of seasons has I think rounded him out really really well. And he's also spoke this week about how um, Steve Tandy's been working with him on his defence as well. So I think he probably gets a bit more credit than Quinns do, but he certainly kicked on you know he was a very very special attacking player in 2018 but he was just so kind of rough around the edges and now he feels way more kind of complete yeah he's, his overall game has improved massively since he went to Quinns and now he's come back to Glasgow he's got this partnership with Tui Pilotu and like everything's going well you know he's replicated his club form into international form uh, you just gotta hope he continues that this weekend and I'm yeah. fingers crossed he does and what do you think about Xander starting with Nell on the bench? Like it, straight back in? It's a bit harsh on Nell, I'll be honest, because he did have a very good game against England. But if one of them is, is to make an impact from the bench, it will be WP now. Because uh, obviously Xander Ferguson, we've seen in the past, he does struggle sometimes like in the scrums. But I know he um, he's become a lot better in recent years. But like, I've seen so many penalties given us like given against us because he can't keep a scrum up but obviously he's become a lot better at that and he's coming back from an injury and uh, I think he's up against Wynne Jones that'll be a good competition yeah. for him and if it's not going well you know WPNL off the bench that, that's not the worst thing in the world I think the only reason Xander's gone straight back to start is because Nell is probably absolutely exhausted oh, after yeah. last week um, but he'll still be brilliant off the bench but it's just the fact that we didn't have Xander available that means like he's kind of almost been forced to start but according to Townsend he's been training since before they went to Spain like full contact and he's been looking good so I think he should just slot straight back in pretty pretty well yeah I think if Xander is fit he is the best tight head in Scotland like there's no debate about that yeah WP now is a very valuable player he can come in and do a job but he doesn't offer what Xander offers no certainly Xander kind of ball carrying 
and just general passing skills and stuff is is a level above Nell, for sure. Yeah, he's another player who, like the past couple of years, he's really improved his game. Uh, even though like he has done a few things like in games before, like against Wales two years ago, where he got sent off, that was a bit of a brain fart. But like ever since that red card, he has been. I'll say he's been very, very good. You know, he got his call up to the Lions. That's deserved. Uh, and yeah, ever since then, he's just been fantastic. Yeah, and until kind of this season or last season, he was pretty much the only prop in his position that was actually fit at Glasgow for a while. And he, um, he, he'd had to play lots of games, 75 minutes, 80 minutes. So he will stay on for quite a while, I think, until... You know the time to bring Nell on for the scrum impact is like the opportune moment, like twenty minutes ago, ten minutes ago, and yeah, he's just he's very valuable player to have back. Yeah, I guess the only other talking point from the Scotland squad is a few people were suggesting that Watson could come back in to twenty three. Um, obviously, he's not. Any thoughts on that? I think Crosby's, you know, played well, made a lot of tackles, worked hard. He pretty much offered the same thing that Hamish would offer um, in his current play, except Hamish, you know, hasn't been playing. So I completely back the decision. You know, I wouldn't take Dempsey off the bench to make room for Hamish, and I wouldn't not start Crosby. So I agree with it. Maybe after the kind of break in the Six Nations and Hamish gets more game time for Edinburgh, you know, if he plays very, very well, then he could be back in. But for me, I think it's all pretty fine. Yeah, no, I'm perfectly fine with uh, Crosby starting and Dempsey off the bench. Uh, I feel like uh, Hamish Watson obviously hasn't played much rugby, but um, if he can, and obviously he's not been as good as he has been like since like around early 2021, where he was getting player of the championship in the Six Nations and getting called up to the Lions. Uh, so he he might really rediscover his form, but I'm not entirely fussed right now because Luke Crosby against England he put in a very good shift and then Dempsey off the bench I mean he was superb so you know, just keep it the same hopefully uh, we play the same as well and hopefully we can finally get a win against Warren Gatland mm. and what do you think about um, no Tipperick at all he wasn't that good I think, against Ireland yeah he had a he had a poor game I think it's still a big call to just completely leave out yeah. a player like Tipperick, who's got so much credit in the bank. He's been playing well for Ospreys, one bad game, he's going to be out of 23. But there's a lot of competition. I think Raffle is a really, really good player. Um, I think the bold one in their back row is Shunza for me. I think all the others have proven at like a very high level that they are ready to start for Wales in a game like this. Shunza, I'm I'm not completely convinced. So, but I think Tipperick had a really really questionable game last week. So. Yeah, Tipperick was awful, but you know he's been playing so well. I think, I think his dropping is just a matter of maybe the balance on the back row, just because you know it's almost two open sides and a blind side currently. So, you know, if it was three open sides, it wouldn't really work. So yeah, it's 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 a crazy cool considering how well he's been playing and it's only one bad game but I kind of understand it yeah no, yeah. Uh, Tipperick obviously we just said that he wasn't that good last week and you know three players have been put in who like they deserve their place 
and that overall back row, like that is a very good balanced back row. You know, you've got pace, you got strength, you got like, I mean, Tommy Rafael is one of the best jacklers in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, Jack Morgan is a very strong ball carrier. So, yeah, uh, but I think our back row, it, it, especially with Dempsey off the bench, it can put in. I think we can deal with him a lot. Should we move on to the France Island game, potentially the biggest game of the whole championship? Go on then. Yeah, okay. Um, so I guess the big one is Sheehan not fit. How much of a loss do you think that is for Ireland? Well, Ireland have had injury struggles at Hooker in the last two years or so. Um, Sheehan kind of came from the bottom of the pecking order straight to the top with. Um, Kelleher out I think it was but you know Rob Herring is another great great option at hooker I think you know they'll miss Sheehan's dynamism in the loose but I don't think it's a massive loss when it comes to the scrum or the line out yeah I think Dan Sheehan against Wales he was very good but like, it's not exactly the worst thing in the world having Rob Herring come in and then having Ronan Kelleher come off the bench Obviously, Kellett has been injured for quite a while, but I'm sure his return will be will be well greeted. And off the bench, he might uh, provide uh, France with some trouble. Yeah, I think I think Sheehan is a better player than um, the other two, but I don't think it's a massive. Like they're still very good players, but it could be in game like this it will be fine margins maybe those it will be that will be the difference but I don't know I think it's unlikely that that really has a huge impact on the game how do you think they're going to play I think France are going to go for just a complete out muscle the Irish team I think that's the best way to to play against them is to kind of use their kind of size advantage in the forwards and not let it get too loose because I think the Irish team has the ball players to to kind of mix it with the French at the moment. I'm honestly not sure what type of game it could be. Um, obviously, I'm pretty sure France have stuck with the same pack that struggled at points against an Italian pack which isn't as strong. Like Negri and like Canone and Rutzer were having an amazing time at points against. Uh, the pack so you know we just have to wait and see because Ireland's pack is way stronger than Italy's uh, so we have to see how France's discipline treats them yeah, I think France will be much better than they were last week their discipline last week was, was like outrageous like for the number two ranked side of the world to be giving away it was 18 penalties they won't do that again they will learn from that they will be much better um, I think it was Lara Shelby gave a template on how to beat Leinster, which is pretty much Ireland, and it is all about outmuscling them. The thing about the Ireland team is just they've got this cohesion. The way they take it to the line and pull it back is so effective. You need to find a way to slow them down. Um, and I think France has got a good jackal threat and Jolange and Olivon, and they should be able to really slow down that ball and just really dominate the collisions and I think France should be the favourites Alright so should you use some prediction time scoreline for the France Island game? Hmm. 
I'm honestly not sure which way it's going to go. There's not been a good game at the Aviva Stadium in years like for this fixture. So it's, I, I don't think it's going to be very high scoring at all. It's going to be a very physical, close contest. I think, I think at the moment, I'm thinking Ireland are going to win. But like, they're going to scrape a win by like three or four points. You know, there's not going to be much in it. But France could easily also win by three or four points. So I think uh, I'll, I'll give it to Ireland right now. Even with the injuries they've got, I think they still have a better chance than France. Yes, Sam? Yeah, I think um, I think France are going to win it. Um, I think we saw it in the autumn. Their first game wasn't their greatest. It was the same last year with Six Nations. They got pushed quite close by Italy. Um, they do start off quite weak, but they've won this many games in a row for a reason. I think this Ireland team, they had an impressive first half, but the second half, Wales pretty effectively shut them down last week. I think France will be able to cause them problems. I think France will win it by four or five. Yeah, I'm, I'm backing France by two. I think it's going to be an extremely close game. Um, I can see it going either way, but I don't think anyone's going to win by more than four or five points. But I think France will just clinch it by two. And it won't be more than like 20 points between the teams, like each. Yeah, it's going to be a low-scoring game and it's going to be a close game and a very good physical contest. So I'm definitely looking forward to watching that as a neutral. Yeah, and um, so England, Italy. Obviously, the teams aren't out yet, but just kind of, we know some of the people that have been left out from England squads, Italy's probably going to be fairly unchanged. I don't think Garbisi's come back to fitness yet, so um, what are we thinking? Well, I've got one of my best friends in Italian, and all week I've been telling him, he's going to the game, and I've been telling him, I think they're going to win, I think they're going to win, so I want to stick with that. Um, I think Italy might just edge it. Um, I think like, I think that's an optimis- optimistic Scottish opinion <laughs> there, Sam. Uh, that, that may be the case, but I just think Italy have come so far. I think that they're consistently producing top performances. And I think a lot of people criticised France last week, but I think Italy sort of brought France down to their level pretty effectively. And it was Italy forced the errors out of France. And if Varney can have a slightly better game and Italy can cut out a few of their silly mistakes, I really think they can win. Um, and they should win. Yeah, I think... Um... I don't think Italy are going to get close, really, I'll be honest. I think England are going to want something after losing the way they did against Scotland. Obviously, we defended very well, but they had way more of the ball. And I feel like against Italy, they're going to have a lot more of the ball than what they did against Scotland. And they're going to have a lot more territory. And they're going to have more attacking opportunities to score from. So I think it'll be a It'll be a convincing England win, but Italy, they will do their own thing. They'll, they'll get a few tries. Well, I'm more leaning towards Sam's opinions than yours. Um, yeah. I don't think England are going to run away with it. I think it's going to be very close. I think England are going to have a better team cohesion than they had against us. You know, Maybe not the Farrell-Smith axis, maybe just one of them with better centres. 
I think Ben Earl will probably come in for Curry and he will have a good game. But I think the Italians are going to be properly, properly up for it. I think it's going to be another one that's, you know, one score in it, less than seven points margin. Um, but I think England will just about scrape through through just a better bench, I'd imagine. Um, and so I'm going to say England by by about five but I do think it's going to be an excellent game and Italy you know they could get the upset yeah I mean you could go either way the way I see it is either going to be uh, England are going to run away with it or Italy could do something like like provide an upset but I, I don't know I've seen them uh, lose to England the past few years they've not really been that good uh, you know even see so, so, we even saw it in the autumn and, uh, you know, they got smashed by South Africa a week after beating Australia, you know, and they're just coming off of a decent performance against France. But I think the England boys are going to be up for it. I think they're going to change quite a bit. You know, it's definitely not going to be the Smarrel, uh, Farrell Smith axes. Smarrel? I, I nearly is said Smarrel. That is actually not a bad name. <laughs> I've got a bit it's of a stutter. It's not quite Hugh Pilotti. I've got a bit of a stutter going on right now. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I think they could stick with Smith Farrell. I thought, like, I, I was watching back a bit of the game today, and England's second try was just, it was a really, really nice attack. Managed really well with Smith and Farrell alternating first receiver. And I thought, I mean, that one attack really did give a glimpse of how the Smarrel axis could. <laughs> No, we're not. Well. We're not calling it that. All right, <laughs> but no, I agree that it works very, very well in attack against us. Yeah. But defensively, it was yeah. all over the place, and I think they're going to look at their defence this week in review. You know, Kevin Sinfield, Steve Borthwick, and they're going to look at those glaring errors where it happened, where it was the midfield and and Smith, Farrell, and Marchant, and they're going to go, no, we're not having that, because if you get cut. Rid- cut those errors out suddenly we don't score probably two of our tries so um, I think it's going to change like yeah it works on attack and they might do it in the second half from the bench but I think they're going to get rid of it and it's going to be one of Smith and Farrell starting yeah I can see Ollie Lawrence starting in the centres but I think it has to be a a big figure in that 12 shirt because like you see at Quinns Smith works really well with Esther Hazen in the centres and with Owen Fowle you don't have that at, at all it's not even close and obviously you go back to the defence like Owen Fowle is not defensively sound like he was exposed multiple times against Scotland especially, especially for the first try that we scored so I think yeah. uh, Fowle will be on the bench uh, Oli Lawrence or Manu Tuilagi at 12 and then Fowle will come on later on in the game and just ease things do you think it's possible that a lot of the criticism that Farrell's tackling is slightly getting to him? Um, like, I think last week he seemed really keen to show that he could like, make big hits and rustle um, using his arms. And I just wonder, could that come from, like, after Gloucester, he got so much criticism? I mean... Could that be linked? Maybe, but I also think he was just trying to hit Finn, trying to put the pressure on... Um, I'm not sure it was much of a point about his technique as much as it was just making sure that Finn knew 
he didn't have much time. Um, you know, if he'd if he'd flown out the line and smashed Finn with no arms, then obviously it, it wouldn't have gone well. Um, so I don't think it was because of his criticism of his tackle technique. I think it was just you know he's got to make these big hits. He's going to do them properly. You know, it's not like he didn't know how to tackle. It's just he was one that often made terrible tackles. Yeah. And plus, the entire England team, they were targeting Finn Russell. Like, you saw um, Marcus Smith and uh, Freddie Stewart. Uh, you know, Finn Russell mentioned in an interview recently yeah. that he um, uh, was getting a bit of, like, shit given to him by um, Smith and um, Stewart during the game. Uh, that's why he went and barged Farrell. And he was like, oh, what are you doing yeah. that for? Yeah. Ludlam also smashed Finn after one of his kicks as well, so... There was definitely a, a plan to get him. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. Um, should we move on to the prove me wrong section of the episode? Go on, then. One of you want to take it away? Go on, Sam. Okay, fine. Um, prove me wrong. Ben White is currently the best nine in the Northern Hemisphere on form. Okay. I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah. Right. Prove me wrong. Right. Hawkins is going to have a, an unreal game against us, and it's going to be the only good international game he has for a very long time. I, mean, I disagree with that second bit. I think Hawkins is a really, really classy player. No, I can I can see him having a storm against Scotland there, and then and then not playing as well for the yeah. rest of the Six Nations. Yeah, I've seen I've seen it yeah, happen okay. to us before. It'd be typical. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen Hammer Hollow have an absolute storm against us and do nothing, and people said he was yeah, he's pretty good. Barely played since. Yeah, exactly. Um, and mine is, uh, I think Scotland will bottle it, and it'll be thirteen nil from Gatland against Scotland. But obviously, prove me wrong. I want to see that not happen. So that's my one. Yeah, uh, probably, you probably want to see the same thing. Oh, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm more nervous for this than I am the England game, because all the pressures on Scotland. You know, we need to actually back it up this year. We weren't able to do it in the past two years. You know, we bottled it on both occasions. So, I, I, you, you, we've just got to hope this year is different. You know, because Townsend hasn't made like any stupid selection or anything. He's been very sensible. He's kept the same squad with Ferguson, and um, you know, uh, we. I just, I just really hope we can just get the win. That's all I ask for. I don't care how much we win by. Yeah, I mean it's at Murrayfield at home. Shout out Rory Brady, my mate. He's going. So <laughs> hopefully, for his sake and everyone else's sake, we manage to finally get that win over Gatland. And finally, our predictions for that match, as we did not give the score at the start. What are we thinking? I think this year is different. To be honest, I think. The reaction to beating England previously has always been like this complete, like huge celebration. Like it's just oh, it's just one World Cup. It's been, and then like Finn and a lot of the boys probably went out on quite a big night out. This year, yes, we they celebrated. It was a it was a big win, but um, they still they seem sensible about it. And the interview straight after the game. They were already talking about okay, now we're focused on Wales. Because they flew straight back up to Scotland that night. Um, so there weren't any crazy celebrations. 
I think it is different. It was quite it's a lot more focused. We have sort of we've accepted the beating England is just for norm now. Um, that's what we do. We do it every year. Um, it's not a big deal. The focus is now on beating Wales, and I think for that reason Scotland are going to win by twelve. Yeah, I, I mainly agree with everything you said there. Um, I do think it's very different this year. The mentality Scotland have had already shown, you know, way less celebrating, as you said, and flying straight back up. Um, I do still think there's going to be a lot of pressure, and I think the opening 20 minutes is going to be massively important. Scotland have to, you know, not concede and get their own score on the board, whether it's penalty or try. Um, but I see them riding through it and I'm saying Scotland by 10 yeah no, I agree with you boys but we've seen this story so many times and I, I, I love to be positive as positive as I can about Scottish rugby but when it comes to a Wales game you never know what's going to happen but like we haven't beaten them in a couple of years I think we're at that stage now where we have to get a win against them and you know what I'm going to back us but it's not going to be close. I mean, I mean, it will be close. So I'm going to say Scotland by eight. All right. Sounds pretty good to me. I think we're all pretty similar there. Four points in it between our predictions. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening to this episode. We are very much looking forward to the matches this weekend. Hopefully Scotland will finally get that win. We'll be two from two. Moving on to get that Grand Slam. Next match in Paris, we'll definitely do it. Um, so we'll see you next time thanks for listening bye